Good evening, brothers and sisters. Amen. Good evening. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak tonight. Um, I thank the Lord that I am able to worship the Lord with brothers and sisters tonight and be able to share a message from the Lord. Um, what I have in mind today, um, I'd like to share a message from the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And this is this book is the highest revelation from the Lord. And um, I, I would like to do an overview from, from a perspective of uh, the core message in the book. And the title of today sharing is called The Eternal Purpose of God. The Eternal Purpose of God. Um, to begin, I, I'd like to uh, all open up our Bible and look at Ephesians. And we're going to read a couple of scriptures. Um, we'll start with chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Ephesians, chapter 9. Chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And I will read it. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. And the second portion of the scripture, we are going to read in the same book, in Chapter 3, verse 9, verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 9, verse 10. And 11. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us bow down and have a, word, uh, have a prayer. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you have done. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in place of us. Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you for giving us your will through your word. Oh Lord, I pray that you speak to me and through me tonight. Lord, for human words are meaningless and without you, Lord, the words that we speak have no power. Without you, Lord, our hearts are hardened. Lord, God, I pray that you, you speak to us tonight. Lord, and thank you that you have promised us that when two or three of us get in your name, you are in the midst of us. Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Um, I, I normally share the work in, in Chinese, so my English is, uh, I, I need to brush up, and it's a little bit um, weird because um, I spent 20 years in the US, so uh, my English uh, should be uh, very good. Um, however, I mainly serve in a, a Chinese community, so my, our church mainly speaks in Chinese and with translation in English. Um, and, um, and, and recently, recent years, I started to serve in China, and so it's all Chinese. Um, so my primary language when I read the Bible is in Chinese. So forgive, forgive me if I need some time to translate from Chinese back to English in my mind. <laughs> so um, the scriptures that we read, just read, I want to point out one word, or two words, here in chapter 3, and that is called in 3.11, according to the eternal purpose. I have ESV on my uh, Bible. So according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus. So that is what I'd like to share today. Uh, the book of Ephesians, we all know that, is written by Paul when he was in prison in Romans, uh, in Rome. And um, it's one of the four letters that he wrote to the churches. And uh, Ephesians um, is a church letter he wrote from the Romans prison to the church, uh, the church in uh, Ephesians. And in this book, it, God, God has revealed his highest revelation to Paul. And uh, I would like to do an overview from a perspective of this uh, work here, eternal purpose of God. Now, uh, when we talk about purpose, um, have we ever thought about our life purpose? What is the purpose of our life? And also, I would like to pose another question. Uh, have your life purpose changed once you become a Christian, a believer, a follower of, for Christ? And I would also, I, I like to further ask, is your purpose in line with God's purpose? Do we know that our, our Lord has, 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 is a God of purpose? He's not God of mindless. He doesn't do things um, ad hocly. He doesn't just do things um, randomly. God that we know, the God in the Bible is a God with purposes. Amen. And uh, we, we Christians often like to uh, find out what God's purpose or God's will is in, uh, in our life. Uh, uh, big things or small things. Uh, maybe we think about uh, where we want to go to school, where we want to work, uh, when we make business decisions, and when we face with life circumstances. We always want to uh, look for the will of God, and hopefully we follow His will. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us our God, He has a purpose that is called His eternal purpose. And what is his eternal purpose? What, what is that? Um, and that's what I, I like to share tonight. And that's what uh, Paul is trying to tell us in this book, in, 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 in the book of to the Ephesians. Oftentimes, when we plan our life, uh, even after we become believers, we often plan our life with us 
ourselves in the center of our plan. Let's say we want to be a successful businessman, we have our plan. If we want to be a, a uh, housewife, or uh, I really want to do good in my study, um, whatever we do, we, 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 we have plan in our life, but that plan, sadly, is oftentimes uh, centered around us. We got on the side. You know, uh, even though as Christians we would uh, off, uh, come to worship services, we would study the Bible, we would pray, but oftentimes outside of this activities that we do, think about our life, our life right now. I think a lot about our life, especially uh, two, three days ago, my grandma just passed away. My grandma is the one who has raised me up. I spent 20 years in Malaysia, and um, it was my grandma that I, I, I lived with her, and she is the one who raised me up. And, and <clears throat> when I see uh, her passing away and slowly in the hospital with her body function slowly dying, I think about life. Life is true, it's real. And we only have one. And we can only live life once. And how we live our life matters. Not just now, but for eternity. And most of us, when we plan our life, we forget one thing. We forget to ask, does our God has a plan? Is my plan in line with his plan. What, what, is it, what, is, what does our God want? When we believe in him, the first day that we believe in him, we are safe, we are born again. Why didn't he just take us home? Why did he leave us here? Why, why are we here? Why are we here? So that we can study the Bible, so that we can come to a church service and worship him. What does he want? What is his plan? And what is our role in his, his plan? And that's what Paul is trying to uh, tell the saints in Ephesians. And in this book, in chapter 1, he shared with us one thing that is, is, is hard to uh, understand because it is so big. And it is in chapter 1, the words that we just read. In chapter 1, in verse 9 and verse 10, he said that, making known to us the mystery of his will. God is trying to let us know his will. And Paul said, it's a mystery. It's a mystery of, it's a mystery. What is mystery? Mystery means it's hidden. It's not known. He said, to make us known, make us the mystery of His will according to His purpose. So if you look at the book of Ephesians, this mystery shows up multiple times. In fact, if you look at the entire Bible, mystery shows up, I, I, if I recall correctly, 27 times in the New Testament. Out of that, 7 times in Ephesians. 
in, in Ephesians, mystery. If you look at the book of Ephesians, it talks about mystery. What mystery? I mean, the mystery of God's will. Why is it a mystery? Because it was hidden. It was hidden when, uh, from, from man. From when man, since man was fallen, our spirit has died, and we have no ability to uh, communicate with our Creator, and thus His will become a mystery. His purpose become a mystery. And the Lord, He is so gracious, and He wants us to know the mystery of His will. And we know that through the Bible, from the Old Testament, He has chosen His people, um, Noah, and then Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses. And He, bit by bit, He revealed His will to us. Not at one time, but slowly, over the period of the history. And we thank the Lord that in the full, in, in, in His time, uh, our Lord Jesus was born, and that stopped, and, and then the New Testament has started. And the will of God that used to be mystery is now fully revealed in the person and the work of His Son Jesus, and written down by our Lord Jesus' apostles, and that's why we have the New Testament today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the Lord, the, it was a mystery, and no one know. Abraham didn't know. He know. He might know a little bit. Hebrew says he's looking for the uh, um, a city that's hidden, but he just know bit and pieces. It was a mystery, and we thank the Lord that is now open to us. And this mystery is written down, especially in the book of Ephesians and Colossians. There's two prison books that wrote, Paul wrote. And this mystery, according to here, if he continues to read, he says, uh, is according to his purpose in verse 9, which when he said, for in Christ. I want us to look at this word, in Christ. God has a mystery, his will, that he set in Christ. He doesn't discuss his plan, this, his purpose, his plan with anyone else. This is a plan that he set in his son Jesus Christ. And he said, as in verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time. So there is a time that will come in the future, in the fullness of time, to unite all things, things in heaven and on earth, and things on earth. God said, He has a purpose that He set in His Son, Jesus Christ, in the fullness of time, all things in heaven and things on earth is united in His Son. This is big. This is mind-boggling. What, what does He mean? All things, all created things in heaven and earth is united in Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the center of our God's purpose. The Bible, especially in Hebrew and Colossians, tells us that the world was created by Him and for Him and through Him. 
That's our God, Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Creator. And the Bible continues to tell us in Colossians that He holds things together by His Word. Um, uh, uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So it is by the Lord Jesus Christ, and for him and to him all things were created. And the scripture right here tells us that all things are holding together Amen. by him. It's not because of our Lord Jesus Christ we will fall apart. Our miracles will break apart. And the Bible continues to tell us that not only that He substands and holds all things together. And back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. At, in fullness of time, God would unite all things in heaven and on earth in Christ. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus told us in Revelation, in the first chapter 1, it says, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. Hallelujah. And if you flip back to the last chapter of Revelations, in chapter 22, the Lord Jesus tells us that I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible is all about. And this, this is the, um, the core of our God's purpose. His Son, Jesus, is the Alpha. He's the beginning. From Him, by Him, and through Him, all things were created. And by Him, all things hold together. Amen. And in fullness of time, all things created in heaven and on earth will be united in Him. Now, we need to ask a question, what does it mean by united in Him? You know, our Lord, when He came, He walked a sinner's life for 33 years. And He came, He went up to the cross, He died and He resurrected. Three days later, and 40 days later, he ascended into the heaven. He is sitting at the, uh, on, the, on the right side of the throne of God. And in Philippians, we are told that he is the Lord of lords, and he is the king of kings. All knees will bow down to him, and all of them confess he is Jesus, he is, uh, he is, Christ, he is the Lord. Well, we need to ask one thing. As we, I, I, I went to my uh, uh, grandma memorial service last three days. It was literally three days. My grandma is 83 years old. All her life, she is like most Chinese. She worship idols. By the grace of God, for many years, I have been sharing the gospel with her. 
either through the phone or in person every time I, I'm, I'm in Malaysia. And by the grace of God, my grandma has prayed with me multiple times. But I, I, I'm always not so sure whether she truly believes in the Lord or is just praying to please me. But we thank the Lord that one time she sat on her bed. It means Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. She just keep repeating that word again. And my sister captured that video and shared with me. I cried in joy knowing that my Grandma confessed in his mouth Amen. and believed in, in his heart, in her heart. Hallelujah. Now, all of her children are not believers. So the memorial service was actually a, a traditional Buddhist service. So it was chanting in Buddhist, by Buddhist monks and all that. And it's very obvious in this world right now not all tongues confess Jesus is Lord Amen. not all knees bow down to right. Jesus yeah. not yet many of my family members I'm sure including yours and the monk and a whole lot of people in this world in Malaysia, in Subang were blinded by the enemy they do not know the Lord. They do not confess Jesus is Lord. And their knees are not bowing down to the Lord. But to idols. To woods. To, to, to idols made, with, made, made, made from gold and rocks. But God's word says one day in the fullness of time all things in heavens and in earth will be united Amen. in Him. Amen. All things will submit to our Lord Jesus Christ, whether willingly or unwillingly. If you look back to Revelations in chapter 17, and once again in chapter 19, it's written in the writer that's riding the white horse, that he is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. Amen. That's our hope. And that is the purpose of God. He planned that. When did he plan that? When did our God plan this plan? Did he just plan it when Jesus was born? When, did he just plan it when he met Noah? Did he just plan it when he saw Abraham? No. He planned this according to Ephesians before the foundation of the earth. Before the beginning of time, the Lord, our God, has planned this amazing, awesome plan. That's his plan. Now, we need to ask questions. What is our role in His plan? What do we do here? Why are we here? 
does our life in line with His plan? Is Christians just worshipping in songs on the service? And doing our Christian activities. Not saying Christian activities are not important, but what does the Lord want us? What is our role? That's why the Paul continue in Ephesians. He tells all of us in, in, in the book of Ephesians. And in chapter 3, he say one word. The eternal purpose of God. That he said in Christ Jesus. In chapter 3, Paul said, if you can please help, uh, <coughs> come with me yeah. in chapter 3 of Ephesians. In verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what is that? What did he, he say? Here come the word. If you look a few verses before that, verse 9, here comes this, this word again, mystery. As I shared earlier, it, the word mystery shows up seven times in the book of Ephesians. It was a mystery. Now it's revealed to us by our Lord. It says in verse 9, to bring light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages. It was hidden. Nobody knew. Not fully. It was partially revealed to the by the prophets. And now he says, the mystery that was hidden in for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, to the church, we need to highlight this, the church, because it, that is how it relates to us. We are members of the church. So Amen. Paul continues to say, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Amen. There are many words here, big words. Let's unpack this a little bit. He says, through the church, the church, many, many churches have many visions. Some help the poor, some in marketplace, some help to uh, share the gospel to in universities. Um, but, according to the scripture, God has an eternal purpose for His church. Amen. And this purpose is shared by all His churches. In fact, He only has one church, the universal church. And He says right here, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Might be made known to the rulers and authority in heavenly places. This is vain. The manifold wisdom of God. What is that? Why did He want us church to church? to manifest the multiple wisdom of God. And how? How, did, how? how do we do it? And how does God do it?
Where's the wisdom of God? In Colossians, Paul told us in chapter, if, if I may flip to Colossians chapter 1. Yeah. Why I'm, I'm referring back and forth in Colossians and Ephesians is because these two letters are sisters. The book of Ephesians talked about church as the body of Christ. The book 2D Colossians talks about Christ is the head of the church. Amen. And in, in, in Colossians, we are told that in verse, the chapter 4, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to your God. Um, that's not the word I want to read. <laughs> that's not the verse I want to read. Uh, follow, follow me. The, um, earlier, we mentioned about the mysteries that were in Ephesians. And do we know what the mystery is? The mystery of, of God. The mystery of God, as revealed into the Colossians, is no other than His Son Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, uh, let's read that uh, of Colossians chapter two, uh, verse two. Chapter two, verse two. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. And what is God's mystery? Which is Christ. That's God's mystery, which is Christ. And that's what the book of Colossians tells us. It was a mystery, now it's fully revealed to us through the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Christ was hidden. There were images and prophecies about our Lord Jesus Christ, and now this mystery is not open. It was told by the, the, the Daniel say the book was uh, in the end of Daniel, the book is closed, but at the end of the Bible in Revelations, John said the book is now open. Amen. It was a mystery in the Old Testament. Now it's fully revealed by His apostles Amen. in the New Testament. We praise the Lord, Amen. and we need to see our plan in His, our role in His plan, our role, the church, us. I have to share one more concept in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, it tells us how we can be part of his eternal plan. And as we mentioned earlier, this book has one main topic. It's about the church. And the church of God is the mystery of Christ. And when we were saved, oftentimes we are uh, uh, frequently we think about ourselves. Even with, when we think about Christian growth, I'm sure all of us who are saved by the Lord, we desire to grow in Christ. 
And that's our uh, lifelong journey. To seek the Lord, to grow in Him. But even in that, we are self-centered. We are thinking about how I grow in Christ. What activities I can do for Christ. But have you ever think about what does God want us to do? One very important concept in the Bible is the church as the bride for Christ, right? Now, how, how do we know the church is the bride for Christ? Well, in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us the church is the bride of Christ. Did God just came up with that idea in his plan when Paul was in prison? No. God planned this since the beginning of time. I, I have some time. I have, to have like 10 minutes. I'm wrapping up soon. I'm getting to the point. The point is, in Ephesians chapter 5, we are told the relationship between a man and a, and a woman, husband and wife, and that, that is a reference to, God, to Genesis, where Paul referenced to the beginning when God created a man and a woman, and God said it's not good for the man to be alone, so he shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And what did Paul say in, Ephesians, in chapter 5? He said this is a mystery. Amen. And this is not just about a man and a woman. He said this is about Christ his church. Christ and his bride. Hallelujah. In chapter 5, uh, verse 20, 32 and 33, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Hallelujah. However, let each one of us live his wife as himself and let his wife see that he respect his husband. It talks about her wife and husband, but it's a lot more than that. It talks about Christ and his church. And I want to uh, emphasize one thing. To hear Christ and his church and his church is portrayed as bride. Mm. A bride a bride, the bride, not brides, not many, many brides, but one. And that is very, very significant. It means all of us are not searching to grow in the Lord individually by ourselves. In fact, God's eternal purpose is not about me, ourselves. It's not about you, brothers or sisters, because God's plan is much greater than that. Amen. His plan is to have a bride that is fully grown to the full measure of Christ so that the bride can be ready to be the bride. Right? How do we know that? Because Paul tells us in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul tells us that why is there are pastors and preachers and, and, and uh, 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 prophets and apostles and evangelists. What are they doing? And in chapter 4, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Again, the body is singular. It's not plural. And he says, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature 
manhood, and to the measure of stature, to the fullness of Christ. And that's what God wants. Not me, ourselves, to be full, to be a mature individual Christians. He wants the body of Christ to be fully mature as one bride, the bride for Christ. That's His eternal purpose that He has set for His Son. Because in the beginning, He told us already, He said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. I want you to have a wife. That's not just for Adam. It's for His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the last Adam as we are told in chapter in, 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 in uh, Corinthians. And the church is His bride. And that's what God wants. And we are back to God's eternal purpose in chapter 3 in Ephesians. He say, it is through the church the multiple, multiple wisdom of God is revealed to the rulers and authorities and principalities in the heavenly realms. Who, what, what is the multiple wisdom of God? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we are told Christ, He is the wisdom of God to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Again, Paul tells us in verse 30, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who become to us wisdom from God. Christ is the ultimate wisdom from God. And God wants to use the church to reveal God's wisdom, to reveal our Christ, uh, His Son, Christ. How can the church reveal His Son? When we let the Holy Spirit Work in us and mold us into the image of His Son. And not just by ourselves, but with our brothers and sisters. And not just here in Subang, but with all the churches in the world, to the Church of Christ. And when that happened, in the fullness of time, the eternal purpose of God will be done. Amen. All things in heaven and on earth will be united in Christ. And Paul in chapter 3, he, he says that the multi- through the church, the multiple wisdom of God is revealed to who? To who? To the rulers and authorities and principalities in the heavenly places, who are these things? The rulers and authorities. Well, thank the Lord that He tells us also in the same book, in chapter 6. In chapter 6, there's this image that we're all familiar with. This is an army of God that is of clothed with the whole armor of God in chapter 6. And we are told he is not fighting against flesh and blood. He's fighting against authority, the rulers, against the cosmic power over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces in evil, of evil in the heavenly places. That's who we are fighting for, fighting against. 
And John, in the Gospel of John, he told us, the rulers of the air, the prince of the air, is the enemy. Mm. That's the enemy. So what God is, what, what God through Paul is telling us, through the church, God wants to manifest His multiple wisdom to the enemies to show the wisdom of God. You see, our God is all powerful. He doesn't need the church. With He just use a, 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 his, his finger, and He can just press the enemy. The enemy would die immediately. Hallelujah. In fact, He did that already on the cross. But our God, He does not like to work by Himself. He loves us. Before the foundation of the earth, He predestined us. And He has chosen us to His people to be his bride, the bride for His Son and to show the multiple full wisdom of God. And that wisdom, ultimately, is Christ Himself. Because the Bible tells us that the fullness of God is hidden in Christ. Outside of Christ, we cannot find God. And it's through the church. And that's our role. So, brothers and sisters, of, if we are planning, if, I, I, I would like to uh, ask all of us think about our life. Our life as Christians. And before Christians and after we become a follower for Christ. What is, what is the purpose of my life? Am I here as an individual to worship God in a church meeting? And then uh, maybe I, uh, better I will go to a, a prayer meeting and maybe I will serve uh, people. But have you ever think about our role as a church and we as part of the church that's fighting against the rulers, the principalities of the air. Now, I'm, the Lord has revealed His plan to us in the book of Ephesians. And now, it's up to us whether we want to obey. When we are saved, it doesn't mean we automatically know His plan and we are automatically uh, be part of His plan because we could be outside of His plan if we are just following our flesh and let our flesh to take hold of our life. But if we yield to Christ and be willing to commit our life to Him and when we set our life purpose We think about God, His plan. Amen. Then our life will not be in vain. Remember, brothers and sisters, we only have one life. My grandma lived one life. All the life she worshipped idols. But we thank the Lord that at the end, it shows her faith in Christ. But 
Let's not, let's not get to that stage. Let us not worship idols. Your, your idols might be different. So let's plan our life with God in the center of our plan, not on the side. His God is not, not just a God that we worship on Thursday night or Sunday, but He is a God for our life. We need to arrange our life, realign our life with God's purpose at the center of our purpose. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us, oh Lord. We pray that your words will pray penetrates our hearts and speak to us. And I pray that the mysteries that was once hidden is now revealed to us. Lord, we pray that this knowledge will not just be knowledge in our head, but will get deep into our heart, into our spirit. And Lord, we pray that we will respond. We will respond with changed life. We, I would, we, we will respond to recommit our life to you. To submit our life and put you in the center of our life. Lord, we give thanks to you. And we thank you that on the cross, you already won the war. Lord, we give all the praises and authority and thanks and kingdom to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, the son is always better than the father. <laughs> it's such a blessing that you came and supported this uh, ministry and also pushing you to come to forward. And, you know, I don't know about 